0: This is Dialogue, a podcast series from An American Mosaic. In this episode, I'm in uh, southern Iowa, uh, very near the Missouri border. I never know where I'm uh, going to find the conversation, and uh, sometimes uh, I'm totally taken by surprise. So I'm driving along the state highway uh, on the way to uh, Missouri and uh, I know it's uh, Amish country because I passed uh, a couple of uh, black horse-drawn carriages uh, driven by women in long dresses and bonnets. And uh, up ahead, uh, I see a large red building with a sign that says General Store. But what really caught uh, my attention was uh, a large uh, sign on uh, near the road that said, free ice cream. And it was a picture of an ice cream cone. And then there was also uh, free coffee and a pitcher of uh, a hot cup of coffee. And uh, then they said clean restrooms. I pulled in. The ice cream sounded uh, really good. It was a well-organized and stock store, a true general store. It also had a sandwich shop, so uh, lunch uh, was solved for me. Uh, this is where I met uh, Levi, a very young, impressive Amish man. He dispelled my perceptions of Amish. Uh, He was uh, quite the entrepreneur and uh, very, very inspiring young man. I think uh, anybody who has a business or uh, works in retail will appreciate this conversation. I want to take a moment and uh, get my plug in uh, for my podcast. If you uh, like this series, uh, please subscribe and uh, tell your friends. And thank you very much for listening.
1: My name is Levi Good. I live just over the line in Lancaster, Missouri. Right now we're in southern Iowa, and I am part of the American Mosaic. I moved here from Virginia when I was 19 years old, so I spent most of my formative years there. I I never actually grew up, but that's where I was raised. So I was raised on a dairy farm, milking cows, and we learned how to work hard, put in long days and short nights, so... That's a large part of doing retail. So I had originally did electrical wiring between high school and 19 for about a year and a half. And helped, I moved out here and wire a steakhouse. And then in the winter, like pretty much all the construction jobs are done. they close down. Just closed down. It's hard to work in the winter out here. So I worked for the previous owner here for about two and a half years. And it wasn't really working out. He had some other business interests and the store wasn't really his focus. So when I was 21, I just got, I got married when I was 20, moved out here to get married. Um, we approached him and were able to buy the store from him then. And it was just part of the American dream, you know, 21 years old, um, my parents loaned me some of the money there and then I borrowed the other from the bank because my dad is, will not co-sign. Uh, it says in Proverbs, he who is surety for a friend will surely fall or something like that. So, yeah, just part of the American dream. And then uh, the first six months were really rough. It was brutal. Retail bought in October 1st of 2012. And, you know, come March, we were really struggling. I had lost like 15 pounds, I don't know why I, that was, which isn't a lot, but, hey, I don't weigh a lot to start with. Um, yeah, so my wife and I were, you know, trying to figure out what it's going to take. I, I still remember, like, having the thought. Struggling with this, like you know, what if, if I've got a wife and kids and a family and I'm driving down the road, like what would make me want to stop and shop? And, and every store needs to figure that out for themselves, really, because like every consumer is hit with thousands and thousands of marketing messages a day. Like, you know, what's it going to take to make them stop? So I'm like, you know, if, if I saw a sign that said free ice cream. I think i would stop like i won't when i'm traveling i go home to visit my parents in virginia i don't stop like we stopped three times for fuel and that's pretty much it so yeah so we decided hey we're going to put up signs that say free ice cream cones and not trying to copy what they did out in south dakota with um wall drug the free ice water but maybe just a little. I mean, hey, it worked for them, why not in Southern Iowa, right? So, yeah, talked to a lot of people. Everybody said, or basically everybody, said it would probably never work and that we would go broke within the first six months trying it. And I'm like, and I had one guy say, look, what are you gonna do if at the end of the month you've given away like $600 worth of ice cream? I was like, hey, tell you what, man, like, it, basically the cost on the cone and the mix not, no machine, no labor, just bare cost is like 25 cents per cone. I'm like, well, 600 bucks by the 25 cents is 2,400 ice cream cones. My average sale is, at that time, was like 20 bucks. Average margin, say we're making $7 per transaction times 2,400 transactions. I'm like, hey, praise the Lord, you know? Like, I'm not gonna worry about it. So we tried anyway, and our sales like instantly doubled. We were very blessed. And so yeah, we've just been having a lot of fun since then. I mean, there's still a lot of struggles, um, keeping good health. Uh, we do pretty good with that, really low turnover on health, but it's still a constant thing to work with with people. Um, and then uh, just recently, hearing in the news about all the, the stores closing down and stuff, tried to add more revenue streams to the company to add stability. And so we started trying to sell products online. And we found a local Amish guy that was building poly lawn furniture, and yet he wasn't wasn't really being prosperous at it. And we're like, hey, we thought we'd, this would be a good match. We could help him out. He's got like a wife and 10 kids. You know, so he's got a lot of mouths to feed. So we, we bought all the material, deliver it to him, and then he builds it for us. So it's AmishMadePoly.com, and he yeah, he builds 24 chairs every day. We're trying to get that up to 50. So his, Some of his daughters are getting married and his son-in-laws want to help build. So yeah, it's been a true blessing for him and us as well. And then, yeah, we've been very blessed. So uh, this is a big, uh, big Amish community? Yes, sir. And, uh, and also
0: is a, a Mennonite and Amish? Or, uh...
1: Yeah, so within about a 10-mile radius, there's about 300 Amish families within a 10-mile radius of here. So it's one of the larger settlements on the west of the Mississippi River, if not the largest. Uh, and then the Mennonites, this, there's not a large concentration right here, about 20, 25 miles south and west. There's a lot of, a lot of Mennonites there. We're kind of on the western side of that, that, that group.
0: Wow, it sounds like you're doing really uh, smart things. Yeah, <laughs> you're an entrepreneur, I yeah. yeah, it's really good. How about uh, uh, you know? There's a lot of people kind of concerned about uh, this sort of divisiveness in the country now. What's going on? Yeah. And, uh, there's a lot, a lot of things that seem to have surfaced and uh, some, you know, some ugly stuff. But uh, uh, around here, and for your community, and your people, and mm-hmm. your family, uh, yeah. what do you think? How does that, is that yeah, pops about that. You want me to be
1: honest? Yeah, I thought <laughs> it. All right. So I actually I went to a private school, um, and and a large large part of the reason people look at Amish and Mennonites and they're like, man, you know, the concentration of people to the amount of businesses that are owned is insane compared to the rest of the country, the general Americans, and and a large part of that is uh, I think it was back in the 50s maybe I wasn't alive then but from what I hear um, in the Supreme Court hearings for the school systems it was stated that if they could control the education then they can control the people and, and that was a large concern to the Christian population then not one to be controlled by the government have that infiltration and so yeah we, we're not as affected by that as what some populations are because a lot of them, our churches either have their own school or the children be homeschooled. And that has its negatives as well. It's, it's not all positive, but like, yeah, I, I skipped college and bought this when I was 21. Um, there's, and I would never, a lot of you don't like me saying this, but I would never encourage anybody to go to college unless they're pursuing a specific dream. A lot of these kids go because they can't get a job without having a, a college degree. Well, it's totally wrong. I took night classes at a Votech school. That that was a part of the public education system, Um, but it was different. You know, I I went to learn specific trades and then I got a job because of that. Instead of spending 30,000 a year on a college, hoping to get a job when I get out, I started working and took night classes. And and any employer in America today is gonna value that, I think so my humble opinion they're going to value that more so than you tell them yeah i sat behind the desk for four years and i have three letters after my name because like right now everybody has that they want people that work that are innovative that know how to think not what to think so a lot of our education system today i think and i skipped college so you know what do i know but it's teaching them what to think not how to think so the private school that i went to they focused a lot on um, mind development, how to analytically think, think analytically, not just absorb data. You know, instead of sitting behind a desk absorbing data for four years in college, they wanted you to, to go out and learn how to think analytically, um, see issues, be able to formulate opinions, um, and accurately and, and in a biblical worldview as well through the through the lens of scripture because that's a large part of, of who we are and, and we truly believe that God did create the world and so yeah when the government took over education a lot of that changed so that's I think that's a large part of when America started going downhill politically um, morally as well is when the government took over the educational system Yeah, and the, it's interesting the other countries in the world, their view of American education. Like we're like, oh no, we place fifth in mathematics. Well, it, from what I'm reading or whatever, that the Russians, the you know some of these other countries, Brit, Britain, not so much because they're we're no better off than they are. But we're kind of in the same boat politically and morally as well, which is not not very good at all. But like we're the we're like the laughing stock of a lot of countries because of evolution. It's and it's a total it, it's gets embarrassing to me <laughs> cuz we believe that God created the heavens and the earth. But yeah, it, it's really interesting that the other countries are laughing. They're like, "What? So you think <laughs> you came from a rock?" Yeah, it, it's just absurd. But anyways, <laughs> that's my side of the story. <laughs>
0: Very good. You're doing well. You're gonna do. You're gonna to continue to do well. Uh, I just I know with uh, how you think about things and your energy and uh, your people skills.
1: Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. We've been very blessed. You know, we really have. And and a large part of of success. Anybody out there wanting to pursue an American dream is they need to be clear about what they want to do with the success in their life. Uh, because if it's if it's for selfish motives, you know, you'll be moderately successful. But once you have a, a bigger, I'm not like a big philanthropist or whatever, but once once you have a greater vision for what to do with money or, or with time, once you are, people are like, oh, I wish I didn't have to work, or I wish I had endless amounts of money. Well, what are you gonna do with it? If you're gonna sit on a beach and watch the waves, well, that's gonna get old, fast. Like, that's cool for two days, maybe three, if you if you like to drink, I don't know, I don't, but I drink coffee and tea. I'm a teetotaler, lots of tea. <laughs> but yeah, so you got to be clear about what you want to do with the success in your life, with the time that you that the Lord's given you, with the money, or or you'll be mildly, you won't have the drive, and it'll get old. But like one of my passions is widows. Um, the Lord said, we're to take care of the widows and the orphans, right? I know a number of widows that the one her husband died left her with like a quarter of a million in debt. He had cancer, trying to pay all this off. And, and so one of my things is I want to help them pay off all their debt. And I just met another widow not long ago. She's got three kids and works three part-time jobs. Like, it's absurd. This is America. There's highly successful people out there that need to know these needs and fulfill them. And, and so that's, that's part of the reason why I believe we've been blessed and successful, is because the drive that we have isn't purely selfish. If you go to bed at night, you're like, oh yay, I made a thousand bucks today. I'm gonna to go do that again tomorrow. Big whoa you know. But if you can if you can take that and do something with it, help someone out, then then it gives you drive to go back tomorrow. Like yes, I can do this again, and we're gonna bless people with that. And it's it's a total from ball game, and and you can win.
0: Good for you, Levi. Thank you. I did check in with uh, Levi since I had this conversation, and uh, he's uh, opened another store, and uh, he's expanded his uh, online operation now, and that has grown considerably. That's it for this episode, and again, uh, please subscribe if you would, and thank you very much for listening.